Hey, Green Future Growers. Welcome to Season 4. I'm your host, Jackie Marie Beyer. I'm here to help you create, grow, and enjoy your own organic oasis. I hope you'll subscribe for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And let's get growing. Hey, so today's show is sponsored by MelScience.com. That's M-E-L science.com and Mel Science is breaking the stereotype that science is boring, difficult, and only for certain types of people. They strive to make serious science accessible, interesting, and cool. Science is about exploration, experiments, discovery, and asking questions, all of which comes naturally to all children. And as an elementary educator, I could totally testify that this is true. Kids love to do projects like this. Mel Science believes that every child is a scientist. They help nurture children's natural interest in science by giving them fun, hands-on experiments to engage, serious, detailed explanations to learn, VR and AR technologies to dive deeper. And when you go to MelScience.com, listeners, um, they have like just the coolest kits. There's STEM lessons, there's chemistry, there's physics. There's um, subscriptions and there's this really cool like um, medical one where you can like, you know, pretend you're a dentist, you can check people's teeth, you can pretend to sew stitches, you can um, do all sorts of really cool stuff. Like there's like a pharmacy thing where you're making like chemicals, there's like blood analysis um, for STEM things. There's like making a space rocket, there's a hydraulic lift, an electronic boat, there's earthquakes, an infinity portal, a gyroscope. Um, there's all sorts of liquid sand, a pneumatic press, there's like microscope activities. It's just really fun science for kids. So that's Mel Science dot com m-e-l science dot com okay here we go welcome to the green organic garden it is tuesday palindrome day as everybody's been saying february 22nd 2022 and i have two amazing guests on the line i think listeners you are really going to benefit from this talk because they have an awesome tv channel that's coming out called garden fit and they're going to tell us a little bit about their journey and and how um you can help yourself um, be able to garden a little better by taking care of yourself a little better and doing some of the activities that they're doing and they lead you through. So here today to talk to us are Madeline and Jeff from Garden Fit. So welcome to the show, Madeline and Jeff. Hey. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. It's great to be here. Well, so we're excited. I'm super excited to have you guys. And I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ahead and mute my mic, Madeline. It's all you. Here we go. Okay, well, we're, we're excited to have a chance to talk about Garden Fit because Jeff and I had an amazing experience filming our episodes all over the country. Um, Garden Fit got started because I'm a really enthusiastic gardener. And for the last 20 years, I was sort of gardening hours every single day. And of course, like most gardeners, I had particular aches and pains. My neck and my shoulder really bothered me. And I was sharing that with a fellow gardener who then told me that he had his wife, after he had shoulder, shoulder surgery, gave him a gift certificate to have three sessions with this personal trainer, Jeff Hughes, and that I should really go see him because it was two years after that, that this particular fellow was still enjoying and feeling healthy again after that surgery. And Jeff had really fixed his problem and taught him new techniques. So I thought, okay, that sounds great. And that is exactly what happened to me. I went to see Jeff 
And he, you know, really interviewed me and he gave me some new techniques that I started to employ because they were things that I could do. And really within a month, Jackie, I found that the initial stress and ache was away within, went away and within three months, I really had no aches and pains. And I, that was three years ago. And I really gardened without any pain whatsoever. So I'm very grateful to Jeff for that. And we started to talk. I kept telling him that I thought every single gardener on the planet should know about his techniques and his approach to being garden fit. So from there, we went, I well, guess we sort of... We, we developed a, an idea for a show. We, we sat down and, and really started thinking about, well, how can we present this? And uh, a TV show seemed like the best way to, to, to offer it. And we came up with Garden Fit. It just, you know, that's, that's me and Madeline, that's Garden and Fit. And uh, uh, so we came up with an idea. We, we had a um, process, you know, gardening is very much, I've learned, if I've learned anything, gardening is a process. And, and, and so is uh, staying fit. So we, we came up with a process for uh, the episodes and, and, um, it just kind of, would you like to just kind of take you through an episode, Jackie? I would love that, but can we just back up super quick? Because I sure. do always start out my show asking listeners, I mean, asking my guests about like, what was your very first experience in a garden? Like, were you a kid? Were you an adult? Who were you with? What'd you grow? Can we just start there really quick? Like, can you give us yeah. a little more of like, um, you know, like a bio, who are you, where do you live? Like just a little more sure. about your personalities. <clears throat> okay. Well, it's actually, I lived in Westchester County in New York state. And my first recollection of being in a garden was with my father who loved to garden and we were planting tulips. I think I might've been about five or six. And he showed me how to put these bulbs in the ground. And lo and behold, you know, that was sort of in the fall, spring came and all these beautiful plants, flowers came up. I, I was just so taken by the marvel of nature and how that happened. So I really never became a big gardener after that because I moved to the city. But once I started to live outside of New York City, um, I really started to garden and I made, you know, plans and read books and figured out what was going to bloom well and what was going to bloom after that bloom was done. And I just think I, I stumbled into gardening and it wasn't until I really became an adult uh, much many years later after I kind of retired from my real job and started to really take care and develop a garden. So I actually have a 10 acre garden that I enjoy every inch of. I love the soil, I love the birds. And I find that um, through taking lots of classes and reading lots of books and meeting lots of gardeners, and I think most importantly, being inspired by gardens I visited, that it has created a real life for me that I just, enjoy every minute of it <laughs> and now, now, and now <laughs> you have like an amazing career right like i was reading your biography like did it say you worked for like bergen gort what is it bergman gort uh, oh, Jeff Goodman. oh yes yeah. sorry no i i've had two jobs really in my life and one was at Bergdorf Goodman when the Goodman still owned the store and that was just an amazing environment um, and a privilege to be working for this family, really, although Mr. Goodman 
senior did run the store. Uh, I was there for seven years till my first child was born. And I can honestly say I loved every second of that job and learned so much. And I ended up being in charge of their public relations department, which was just three of us, it was not a lot of people. And then um, after I had this child, I needed to go back to work. And I, because of my experience at Bergdorf's, I was actually able to start doing freelance public relations. And that ended up being a company, quite to my surprise. And so the rest of my business life, which was for 25 years, I ran DeVries Public Relations. And that was, again, really like, I couldn't wait to get to the office. I think I was very lucky that I worked for wonderful people, had wonderful people working with me. And really when it was time, my daughter was graduating high school and I felt like we were ready for a change and she was going off to be on her own. So that's when uh, fortunately I was able to sell my business and move to the country full time and start gardening. So that's my story. Well, my, so I'm an elementary educator by trade, I was telling you, but my dream is to be like a children's book illustrator that writes biography. So I am just fascinated by all of that. That was awesome. Thank you for sharing. And I grew up for- outside of New York City and moved to Montana when I was 21. So I'm familiar with all of that. So no, I'm didn't to interrupt you, Jeff. We're sure ready to hear. Oh, you. there's not much to interrupt. I'm, I've never really considered myself a gardener, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you the history. I My first recollection of a garden was uh, when I was really little. My When we go visit my grandmother, she had a wonderful little garden. She grew strawberries and, and all kinds of stuff. And it was always uh, really full. It was always the summer when we'd go visit her. And I just really enjoyed going out in her garden and just eating right off the vine. That, 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 that's my initial <laughs> like memory of that. And she had a tomato farm and I'd go out there with a salt shaker and just eat tomatoes like an apple. And, um, but, you know, growing up, my father always had uh, a little garden in the backyard and he, he would always work really hard. My memory of that was he, he was just always working hard at it. I, I can picture him sweating with his rake and his shovel. And, uh, and then as I, uh, you know, grew up, I went to college. I, I got my degree in, in, uh, in fitness and, and um, I never really had a chance for a while there to, to garden or anything. I always had houseplants, but uh, fitness wise, I, I started, um, you know, I, I learned in college, you could have a free membership of it at a gym if you taught aerobics. So I had a class just so I could go to the gym. So I, I started learning how to be an instructor early on in, in my, uh, like at 20. And, um, and then, you know, as time went on, I, I moved around the country a little bit. I lived in Texas for a while, lived uh, down uh, in Miami for a while. And, and I, I uh, always like to have, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bridging my whole life here of, of, of gardening and fitness for you. I always had, love to have, uh, you know, plants and flowers and stuff like that around. And I, I kept them alive somehow. And uh, at the, in the meantime, I always had, I had a fitness business. I, I, I actually worked for a, a really prominent yacht club down in Miami and uh, learned how to train. Uh, well, I just was cutting my teeth, learning how to be a better trainer at that point. And then I moved out to Los Angeles and I started my own business and I had a, a quite a nice clientele. And I also had a beautiful uh, balcony in my apartment in Burbank that the light just hit just right. And I had 
uh, I just started buying flowers and they would grow and they would, they would bigger and bigger. I'd have to repot them. I'd buy more. And I had a, a 15 by nine foot balcony that was about 50% of it was just floral. It was beautiful. Everything grew. I didn't really have to work too hard. I felt like I knew what I was doing. And uh, so anyway, I, I ended up moving from uh, California back to Florida and I maintained my business uh, on the West coast of Florida for, for uh, five or six years. And then I moved up to New York city and uh, all along, you know, I always, enjoyed a little bit of dabbling. I, I think I'm a dabbler. I always had a little garden. I do the normal thing of tomatoes and corn or actually down in uh, St. Pete where I, I had a house. I I actually propagated something. That's oh my God. About that. I, went down to, <laughs> I went to Key West and I had some friends with a key lime tree. They gave us key limes. I came back and we made a key lime pie and I took the seeds and I sprouted them and I potted them and I actually had uh, key lime bushes growing up. That was my hedge on the side of my house. So you didn't know that about I me, did, did not you? Know. Yeah, That's I actually, news. from seed, I actually uh, uh, did that. So anyway, I'm very proud of that because Madeline thinks I have a brown thumb. So uh, does. <laughs> so, so then I moved to New York City and, and believe it or not, I lived in a standalone apartment building in New York City, um, just off of Central Park West. And for ten dollars uh, a season, we could have a four by eight foot uh, plot. And, and uh, uh, my wife at the time and I actually uh, had a little garden in, in Manhattan. And uh, but my fitness business really grew in Manhattan. It was it was doing really well. And then I moved upstate and gave all that up uh, uh, to, to raise my daughter and um, wound up opening my own business upstate. I, I really didn't know how well it would go, you know, being two hours north of New York City, but it actually went really well. I had great clientele. Uh, I have been there since uh, 2004. And that's the, I had my own gym and that's where I met Madeline. That, that brings us right up to date. You guys have no idea how much I love all of this. Jeff, especially like, I keep thinking like, I just want to go work at like a tennis court, like as a receptionist, just like as at, at, like in New York where I would have like access to be able to play tennis, you know, by working there. That's the best way to and do it. Like, and I also just feel like I argue all the time with my mom and people about like the importance of like having a trainer, like how much further they will take you. Cause I don't have that much background in training and I love to run. Like I found out I love to run just not even 10 years ago yet. And I've done three half marathons, but um, it's a challenge. And, and the one season I worked with a trainer, I went so much further than I've ever gone in my life and ever done. And so I just think having a trainer like you is so essential. So I'm going to let you guys go back to talking us through an episode. And then I was looking at all the guests and farms that you guys have planned and just um, so excited. <laughs> tell us quickly, like, did I, somewhere I read, like, what station is this going to be on? Well, that's a good question. It's going to be on public broadcasting. It is on PBS. Okay. Television. Yeah, on television. And it also will be streamed on PBS.org. And our premiere date is March 21st. But First people thing. should really obviously look at their local listings to see what station will be airing it and at what time. You know, if they, they want also to also like reach out and make sure that their station's going to carry or do they have to worry about that? 
Of course they should. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. You know, I think that if people well, hear about the show and want to view it, it would be really of interest to their local stations. Yeah, the, the way it's kind of working is it, it will stream on, on their um, pbs.org uh, you know, for smart TVs and stuff like that. You can start streaming it on March 21st. Um, but all the different affiliates, they can they have a choice to start airing it at a time of their choice. So most likely some of the stations in colder weather areas, they may not start showing a garden show uh, until uh, April or May as opposed to March, just because they're trying to accommodate what their listeners want to watch. So you just you'd, like Madeline said, just look for your local um, public television listing and uh, um, they all have their own specific time. They've decided uh, it, it was released on March 21st, but they have their own time that they um, can can release it or, or start their. their One other thing, uh, Jackie, you could that where they could find out exactly where these different in their different markets where what channel it's going to be on is they could go to our website where we'll have it listed also at gardenfit.fit. So that might help people just go directly to us. But it's PBS. But it, yeah. It's PBS. Garden so it, fit. Perfect. Perfect. And because um, I know listeners are going to be interested and they're not going to want to wait till after March because they're going to want to start getting their muscles and their and getting in shape and learning these things before that big. Absolutely. When you're too busy to watch this anyway, because you're out in the garden. Well, you're probably not going to be too busy because you're going to want to do this because it's going to make your whole garden year go better. You know, if that, that, that's, that's it. You've got it, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> that really, I, know. I really believe in the importance of all of this. Like, I really was, as soon as I saw that first video, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. It is that, and our vision really is to help people right from the get-go take care of their bodies while they're taking care of their garden. That, that's that's, that's kind of our motto. To, yeah, that's our big mission. <laughs> and it just goes hand in hand because the more like you're fluid in your body and you're flexible and you're able to do more out there, the more productive your garden's going to be. Absolutely. In turn, yeah. You're going to enjoy it more. And maybe I'll end up not complaining as much as I did last year and feeling so overwhelmed if I do some of this. Yeah. So even your about the episode. Okay, so well, we we start um, the whole every episode starts off with a really fun car ride, and uh, it's it, it's designed to kind of introduce Madeline and myself because we're you know we're knuckleheads, we're in the car, we're having a good time going wherever whatever our new destination <laughs> is. And uh, at the same time, she's, I, I always ask her, where are we going today, Madeline? And she'll tell me, you know, where we're going, what garden we're going to, who we're going to visit, a little bit about the gardener. Uh, sometimes she has this Mary Poppins bag. Uh, sometimes she pulls this bag out. And she starts pulling things out of it as, as little visual tools to help me understand where we're going. And it, it, it can it can be a little comical. It was, it was meant to be. Anyway. We have fun. So, we have fun. And uh, so at that point, that opening sets it up. So you really know where we're going, where we are and who we're about to meet. And then we get to the garden and um, we have our introductions yeah. and, and I get to meet the gardener. A lot of times uh, Madeline has already met them, but go ahead and take that part out. Well, I, not only, some of them I knew, Jackie, some of them um, obviously I had spoken to on the phone and the minute I told them about our concept of getting Gordon fit, they literally wanted to meet Jeff the next day. Nobody ever turned us down. They were so excited about the <laughs> idea yeah. of, of using their bodies as their most important garden tool. And that's sort of what we're really suggesting. 
Um, but in any event, once we meet them, um, and we, we've been lucky enough to be invited to their private gardens, which is great. Um, what we're happy about in all our episodes, there's a big range of style. I mean, we go from desert gardens to English, lush English gardens. We've been to a Japanese garden, to heritage gardens, uh, to really specialty farms, which we could talk about. And I think what's really exciting to the garden world and probably to anybody who's interested in, in how creative people go about things, they really share with us what their inspirations were and how they started their garden. And I think that that's what begins the tour. And we actually start to go and look at what they've created. Yeah, and, and, so, and then meanwhile, um, while this tour is going on, I'm watching the gardener. It gives me a chance to see, you know, do they limp? Do they walk uh, with a turnout in their leg? Do they, how's their posture? Do they hunch? Um, when they bend over to get something, do they go, ugh? You know, I, I really get a chance to observe them in their environment. And it, it's, it's, uh, it gives me a chance to understand, you know, where I'm going with them when we get to the, the fix. And, and then um, as we're going through their gardens, it becomes really apparent that each one of them, probably like most gardeners, break the rules. They're really trailblazers. They have a vision in their mind about the environment that they want to create around them. And so whether we've gone to this particular farm up in Northern California, where they literally chose the most unique um, product to, to grow, which is saffron. And so that's very exciting to see people really on their own page. A lot of people, like we visited a woman who started a garden 30 years ago, an amateur gardener, and she wanted to do a parterre. And even though her garden was on a slope, and she knew that parterres go on level ground usually or traditionally, she put it on a slope. A parterre is a garden that's very geometric that usually has um, areas in it that are bordered by boxwoods or some kind of hedging device. And inside those hedges are a variety of different plants that are grown. And it just looks almost like a puzzle. It's just different geometric shapes that all go together. And it, it gives you a very formal um, frame for interesting plants to grow within it. Cool. And it's probably one of the most traditional features of English gardens. I think the French actually started it and they, they use them. Like if you see a picture of Versailles, you're gonna see a, this amazing parterre in front of it. Once you see it, you would know it. But the point is since it, even though it's such a traditional technique and idea, she used it in her own way, which I think made it very charming. Her whole garden was charming. And then we also visited a garden, for example, where this man inherited a slope, but he decided that he wanted to terrace it because he loves the idea of terracing a garden and he loves walking around his different garden rooms and areas. But once he gets there, he wants to be on flat land and that's how he wanted to set it up. So I think we go through all of this and, and it kind of gives Jeff a chance to see not only who they are, but how they're looking after their garden, how they're maintaining their garden, what it takes to maintain their garden. Right. Well, that's that's a good keyword, maintenance. So, so, so for further observation for myself, uh, not only now have I seen the the large environment that they're in and what their garden is offered, but now I'm starting to understand what tools they use and what what they do to maintain their garden. So I'm getting a really even a better, clearer picture of who they are and how they spend their time. Um, and and, and it, 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 uh, 
gives me a, a, an understanding of what joints they're using, what, what, um, how they're using their arms and their hands and their legs and their backs by understanding some of that maintenance. And then, you know, in some cases, because again, I think while Jeff is watching everybody, I mean, they're so eager to talk about some of the features in their garden, like whether they, why and how they put in pathways or how they prune their plants. You know, a lot of people had topiaries or interesting ways of pruning boxwood, et cetera, um, or the plant choices, which was so important because obviously, as you know, everybody's interested in native plants and really creating, you know, environments that are very specific to their region. Jeff gets to see literally the tools that they're using, as he said. So it's pretty exciting. The, the, the one thing that um, I think probably is the most um, interesting part of everybody is that they all have created a habitat and they know that they want to work with nature or for nature rather than against it. So their uh, methods and the techniques that they use to really make it livable for every creature in their garden. You know, they set up plants that, that should be next to each other. So a caterpillar can have its cocoon on one, you know, on the right plant and get the right nourishment from those leaves and then grow up to be a butterfly and get nectar from the plant next to it. So it's pretty inspiring to see how these people have worked out how to really sustain the earth and their garden. So that, that I think we were very impressed by that commitment. Um, and I think their approach and their philosophy was something that, again, gave Jeff tremendous insight into who they were. Yeah, well, that's that was like the third key for me. You know, I, I not, now I understand uh, their environment. I understand what they're doing with tools and, their, and using their body. And by the, just what Madeline's just talking about, the, their understanding of, of nature and, and habitat, their philosophy gave me an understanding of how they think. And that leads us to the next section of the show, which is where I sit down with them one-on-one -on -one and uh, I get to talk to them or actually correct myself. They get to talk to me. I ask them about uh, what aches and pains they're, they're, they're um, dealing with while working in their garden. And uh, I already have an understanding pretty much of what they might be because I've watched how they walk, how they move, where they are and what they do and how they think. And they get a chance to do a little talking now. And they'll, they'll tell me, you know, whether it's their knee, their back, their elbow, their wrist, their hip, you know, uh, fatigue, um, weakness, whatever their issue is. And um, it helps me with all this information and with all that observation, I get to really truly understand not only what their problem is, whatever their ache and pain is, but now I get to understand what the cause of that is. And this is the, this is the key to you know, how Madeline and I just got started, how, how she felt so much better. If you understand a problem completely, where it's coming from and everything, then it means you understand the cause. And when you understand the cause of a problem, if you really truly understand it, it will lead you straight to the solution. So just by listening, first observing and then listening to the gardeners, I could understand exactly what we could do, what I could give them to do for their unique problem to uniquely fix it. And it was always really fun. It was, it was a great experience for me to just not know what I was getting into and have to sit down and be quiet and listen to, to be able to do my job. 
Um, and, it, and it really worked. It was a, it was a it was a wonderful experience. And and the idea of how I would fix them, we kind of call it the fix. We do, <laughs> is to give them a solution that makes so much sense to them that they really understand it, that it would become a habit. I just want to add that I think that was the thing that really got me so excited about Jeff's approach was that even though I know he can talk about and knows a gazillion solutions, he picks the one that you will do. And that makes it the best solution. So I, I really- Yeah, that's I really think, key. I, that's, that's that's it. I, I forget thing. that I do that, but yeah, yeah, that's exactly what that. I do. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I had a great mentor a long time ago when I was uh, becoming a trainer. And I asked him one time, you know, what's the best thing I can give somebody for something? And he said, the one they'll do. And I was like, oh, well, that's, and that, that just, that was such an epiphany for me that just clicked. And that's what's made me a, a better trainer is understanding that there's an, a variety of solutions for most problems for people to fix themselves. But if you give them the one that they won't do, it's not a very good solution. And so if you understand them and you give them something that they, they, they understand and that they will do with excitement and, and fervor, then that's the best that's the best solution you can give them. And that's, that's kind of what I've learned to do. That, that, that's more my expertise than anything is understanding how to set somebody up for success. And so I think what's exciting about that little moment then, once Jeff has completed giving them their fix, we decide he gets a promise from them that over the next four weeks, <laughs> yeah. they will practice this and that we will come back. So we actually really, Jackie, come back in four weeks. And I think Jeff should talk about this, why we need this four week period before we come back again and how he's challenged them to really correct their issue and fix their problem. I'm so, so excited to hear that. Yeah. So. Well, you want to you want to stay with the show and go to the gym or go well, right I think to the you should talk about the habit. The habit, okay. Yeah, I just think that. Yeah, well, then, this is where it kind of correlates. You know, the how I teach them, what I'm choosing to give them. Um, it's a habit. A habit is, you know, you, we all have habits, and where did we get them? We got them from repetitive use, repetitive doing something so many times that our body just does it without thinking. I mean, when you pick up a ballpoint pen, you don't think to yourself to push the the knob down at the top and hold it in the correct hand with the point aiming at the paper, you just do it because it's become an autonomic habit. So if I have somebody an exercise or a, or a stretch or a, um, or, or a movement or an understanding of doing something differently, like how you hold your body when you're pruning or how you spread your feet when you go to bend down to pick something up, if you do that for a long enough time, your body will do it without thinking. And so that's why we put the four week gap in the show. I want, I, I get a promise from our gardeners to do what I asked them to do, what I showed them to do for four weeks. And um, when we come back, lo and behold, uh, not only are they, you know, they're, they're excited, they're, they're, excited. excited. <laughs> their aches and pains are gone, but they're really, uh, it, it was uh, interesting for me. They're really excited because they don't think about it anymore. It's become a part of their life. It's, it's, it's just become this thing they do. And they, they're, they're thrilled to death that it's just working, yeah. just simply working. So that's exciting. And so after Jeff gets the promise and we leave for four weeks, um, we have a segment next in the show where we're actually in a gym together and Jeff gets a chance to really reiterate and talk about, and we both talk about the fix and what was his suggestions for that particular problem. But then 
Well, I, I love this part in the show you because do, we, we, it's, it's, I'm back in my element. You know, she's the gardener. I'm the fitness trainer. So we're in a gym like where we met <laughs> and I'm in a tank top instead of a T-shirt. And uh, yeah, we revisit that. Um, what like Madeline was saying, we get to revisit what I taught the gardener. And sometimes we add a little something more to it um, just for the we viewer. Usually this do. is purely for the viewer, really. It's, it's, it's a, a little something more. And then and we review it. Yeah. And then sometimes there's even some extras. Uh, we throw in some some uh, something that's very related to uh, that episode or that gardener that uh, wasn't necessarily their fix, but would definitely benefit the viewer that who happens to be a gardener. Because in so many cases, you know, a lot of their causes happen to be things that they do that are tasks that most gardeners do. So yeah. it's really informative, I think, to the viewer, which is nice. So anyway, in the show, we go back four weeks later, like we said, and we have this wow moment where they, uh, they're just, they're just feeling better. They're, they're thrilled to death of, of how the, uh, the, um, fixed set into their body. I think the thing that, you know, looking at their faces, you can just see how they feel different and how their pain has really gone away. So th that transformation. Give us like an example of like. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I would love to. Um, okay, a very simple example. Um, let's say that you're, um, you have your, your, your clippers and your, your, um, either deadheading or you're um, just trimming your shrubs, okay? Pruning, 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 pruning. Right. there's the word I'm looking for, pruning, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, what you'll tend to do is um, bring your feet together and make your body tall and lean over and throw your arm out there uh, in front of you and try to get as much as you can. And if you were just to stop, take a picture of that and look at it, you're just hunching over and you have the weight of your tool, you have the weight of your arm, you have the weight of your head, all hunched over in front of your hip. And when you get done, your shoulder hurts, your back hurts, you know, your hips hurt, um, but you don't care because the bush looks better. But um, there certainly could, could be a better way. So if you think of balance, balance is like one of the key elements I use in, in everything I do. Um, if you think of the weight, like I said, the weight of your hand and the tool and your arm out in front of you, it's, it's pivoting off of where your shoulder is. So if you can go on the other side of your shoulder, for instance, your shoulder blade, and pull that shoulder blade down towards your, um, your back pockets, think of sliding that shoulder blade down your back into your back pockets, to counter, like use the strength of your back to pull it down, to counter the weight of your arm out in front of you. Now you've balanced out your shoulder and your shoulder just feels better. It's just like simply a, a regular scale where you put a six ounce weight on one side, you put a six ounce weight on the other side and the stress is gone from the center. It's like instant gratification. Did, did that, did that, <laughs> was that a good, uh, did that make sense? It does. And, and deadheading and pruning is something that definitely my listeners all talk about that they do a lot. Somebody just told me the other day it was their least favorite activity was deadheading and just, uh -huh. um, you know, it, it, I know my mom never goes anywhere without her pruners in her back pocket. And so, and that is definitely something I would never think of. And that's why I, yeah, like I said, I just think a trainer or somebody who's like looking at you, like you talked about looking at the video, you know, mm -hmm. 
there's no better way to improve than having somebody help you analyze what you're doing. I, you know, I think everybody, again, will see themselves in each one of these episodes. Yeah, I, know, I was just thinking that. Yes, too. Yeah. just what you're saying, because it's very visual, and Jeff's common sense approach makes it very doable. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty that's exciting. It. I mean, what makes it common sense is just body awareness. I'm just helping you be aware of what you're doing. That's so awesome. this is why I think that people will become garden fit and will really enjoy using their body correctly and then be able to really enjoy maintaining their garden and doing whatever they want to do. You know, I think we have come across something that doesn't seem to be shared in any way to gardeners. And again, we're hoping and there are a lot of young new gardeners and there are a lot of people of every age. And I think one of the things that impressed me about what Jeff does and certainly my friend who introduced me to him, these become lifelong habits. I mean, you never go back once you make your body feel good. Like I wouldn't go back hunching over the way I used to. So I think it's, yeah, your it's, it's a real you, gift. You've got it. It's, it's now a habit. And so your body's making the choice because it likes it better. So it's very cool. So I another mean, thing to like pay attention to their shoulder blades, like, or try to get it. To, <laughs> like I can totally picture that. And at the same time, like it's something you just would never think of it. You wouldn't even think that there would be an option. You would just think like, oh, I have to do it this way because the way I've always been doing it. But it's just like you said, a habit. It reminds me of like James, I just read James Clear's Atomic Habits. And he talks oh, really? about like to make a new good habit, make it like the least possible thing that you will do like maybe you want to run five miles a day but if you make it so your habit's going to be i'm only going to run a mile you know once you get your shoes on probably once you're out there doing that one mile you know you're going to go ahead and run all five but if you at least do that mile every day or i don't usually like tell people to run every day but like every other or you're going to walk 45 minutes every day so that's exactly you know, it very, it's, it's very much Yes. And then once you get that habit, then you can expand on it. But he he says that same thing about what you were saying, like make it something that you will do. The minimal, tiniest bit that you get, like you develop the the mindset of like, I am a walker or I am a gardener or I am, you know, a fit person and you will, and you can, you can expand those goals. But the first thing you want to do is get that habit down. That's it. That's exactly that's it. it. That's that's really where the basis of this comes from. And I think that's why when we go back and we get what we call the wow, I mean, this reaction of, of scales falling off of people's eyes, that it's doable, that they can do it, and that they have really succeeded in relieving themselves of pain and aches. Um, and so sometimes they take us and show us what's new in the garden, but pretty much at the end of every episode, we have this wonderful opportunity for them to teach us something or show us something. So they taught us how they make tea. We've cooked with a lot of the gardeners. We had one vegetarian gardener who had an amazing variety of vegetables. They never wanted to eat the same meal every night. So he cooked a, just the most ridiculous he banquet. A, a feast. Of yeah, this it was wonderful. fantastic. All in the grill. I mean, there's just so many um, techniques like transplanting cactuses or, you know, how they braid corn to dry it. And, you know, obviously techniques in pruning topiary and special techniques for plants that need special care. Yeah. So the finish of our I show is always really fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. Fun we just have a great time with them and it's sort of our chance to really enjoy what they've created and their knowledge. So it's pretty exciting for us 
a wonderful opportunity. You know, what's, what's really best about the end of our show too is it, it shows that we always ended up making uh, a new special friend every episode. Yeah, we did. You know, we, we got, we, we actually spent so much nice time with them, just even though it was just that one episode, that one day. And then when we come back, they, uh, they became very attuned to us and, and us to them. And, and it always seemed, uh, Madeline and I, and I would always be driving off to the airport to go do the next episode. And, and we were like, like excited. We were giddy, like we made new friends today. <laughs> They were great. All gardeners are great. You know that probably. <laughs> They're generous. I feel like I made new friends today. Well, my show is a total success thanks to amazing guests like you. And I think people, like, I'm so excited, especially like it said that you guys went to Soul Fire Farm. Like, yes. It didn't say you talked to Leah Peniman, but that's her place, right? And yes, I and love we met Farming it. While Black is like, if not my all time favorite gardening book ever, definitely my favorite gardening book I read in 2021. Like, I just, I love that book so much. There's so much more to it than just gardening. And I, I, I just think she is such an amazing woman. And I'm so excited to see the farm and just, and all the things that you guys are doing. And she's like a hard worker. So I'll bet, like, I'll bet they have some pains there. They work so hard. We, we um, worked for the time that we were there with Brooke. Um, and Brooke, the, her, is the only other person that really runs that farm every single day with Leah. And I think we it's just amazing as a gardener to realize how much work they have to put in to keep that farm going. I mean, they have volunteers and they do these amazing educational programs. So they have lots of kids and sometimes their parents come and work the farm with them. But the responsibility that they've taken on is enormous, but they're so motivated and they're such charming uh, people that they really have found uh, a, a way to live on this farm and have the farm live for the whole community. It's really brilliant. I know I feel bad because I, I interviewed her and I hadn't read her book and then somebody oh, came yeah. on and told me about her book and I finally splurged and bought it and I was like oh my gosh this is just I just loved every single thing she shared about the like heritage and and the education pieces and the songs they sing and and just I don't know and and she has so much information on how to grow food like down to like you know this is where you plant the seeds and this is like these are the you know it's it is just a comprehensive manual of everything but it's it's done in this it's like, a there's some really special, way. Yeah. yeah. There's some really special techniques in that episode that, yeah. that uh, Brooks shares with us from their, from their farm. So it, it was really fun. I, I, I learned something. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the episodes where we actually get to really plant because their techniques are so unique. Um, people and I really, think that's going to be one of the great things about your show is getting to see all these gardens. Like it's just so exciting and, um, I just say, I think it's going to be a huge hit. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> great to hear. So is there anything else you guys wanted to say that we didn't mention? I feel like you talked about a lot and um, I, I know this is going to be so good for listeners because anything that we can do to enable us to, you know, be more effective in our gardens is, is just so key. And, and my husband's going to be uh, 69 this year so he's certainly getting up there in age and does just it's a it is insane the amount of work that he does to grow our food and and work hard and the heavy buckets he lifts full of dirt or rocks or 
um, you know, bending over constantly and just constantly, you know, pulling this weed or, or digging that up. And, and we live in the Rocky Mountains. So of course, he's always like, anytime he puts in a new fence post or anything, you know, pounding rocks into the hard, it, it's just, I, I think hopefully we'll find some cool things for him. Well, I think something that you mentioned, something that you mentioned there is is worth uh, just a, a quick little sure. mention from myself. Uh, you mentioned his age, and a lot of people think that when you get older, uh, you're you know, you're supposed to have these aches and pains because of age. And I'm I'm just going to clear that myth up a little bit. Um, it's not necessarily that you're older. It has nothing to do with age itself it has to do with earth time if you do something that will eventually cause an ache and pain and you do it for a day or a week or uh six months it may not cause that ache and pain but if you do it for a year 10 years or 20 years it's going to eventually surface as a, as an ache or pain and so that's why sometimes these things show up when people get older is they've just been doing something causing a problem for a longer period of time they just happen to got, have, have gotten older during that longer period of time. Um, but the ache and pain can, can come at any age. So the, the, the real benefit of the fixes I give on this show is um, um, even though they are very unique to um, or, or specific to what the, the, that gardener, that episode has, every, you know, they're, 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 they're still relatively uh, universal with, with anybody that might be watching the show or anybody doing anything even other than gardening. And so the best way to understand it is take the fix, understand the fix and, and apply that fix. And uh, you'll, you, you've already started to stop, not cause the problem. And if you're not causing the problem, you won't have one. And, and so it's really to, to circle back around. It's, it's not necessarily always age it's it's really just continuing to cause the problem or continuing or, or beginning to stop causing the problem yeah and back to what you were saying about people like bending over like awkwardly like i think people are going to see things where they're like wow i didn't even know i was causing this problem or you were saying about yes. people's posture like i think there's a huge piece for that Yes. But I think awareness, you know, is so key. And that's why we're so excited that, you know, we can be on, on your show and that the, um, we can put Garden Fit out there because I think once gardeners hear about this and watch the show, it will change everything for them. And they, I mean, I'm just sort of living proof of every decade, I have less pain if no pain. So I, I really think learning how to do things the right way is really the key to enjoying any activity you want to do, including something as strenuous as gardening. It reminds me of that show where the little girl, it's like with Hilary Duff, and she's like watches this little girl who's a ballerina, and she's like, what is it? Fundamentals is the foundation of fun. Like you have to like practice your belt, you know, get like everything yeah, that's good. So. Well, thank you guys so much. So let's tell everybody your website again. It's gardenfit.fit. Yes, it is. <laughs> and you guys have like an Instagram channel or any social media? Can they find you there at all? They can find us in GardenFit um, on Instagram and on Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jeff and Madeline, for coming on today and sharing with us. And, and good luck with your show. And, um, and we'll be watching March 21st, first day of spring, right? 
Thank yes, you so much, Jackie. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you, Jackie. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Thank you so much. Hey, listeners. How would you like to support the Green Organic Garden podcast by just donating $5? There's a great site called Cup of Coffee. And um, the way it works is just you donate $5 or $10 or $15. They're all increments of 5 And I get the money directly. Um, there's no, like, monthly, like, subscription like Patreon. Like, you just do it one time. I think you can if you want to sign up for more, but... Um, you just go there. The link is right at the top of the organicgardenerpodcast.com page. I'll try to put the link in the show notes. Buy me a cup of coffee and just help with just some of the bills to keeping the podcast um, up on the air. You know, paying for the website fee for the MP3 to be hosted is like $40 a month alone just right there. You know, I don't mind doing my time, um, you know, to do the interviews, do the editing, um, you know, all that stuff. But if you could just help with some of the monthly payments, especially this year, we've really had to tighten our belts as things are growing and I'm trying to do more. Um, I hope you're enjoying the, everything that's been coming out in season three. I think there've been great episodes. I've been trying to provide more content, cup of coffee, um, it's on organicgardenerpodcast.com, organicgardenerpodcast.com on our regular website. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's like right at the top of the screen, I think, but it would sure help. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and remember, grow local.